0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith.
1: But if we could just by faith begin to look and say, Lord, I trust you, help me to see, help me to believe, help me to know. That you're here with me. You promised you'd never leave or forsake me. You promised even in the midst of disaster, even in the midst of trial, even in the midst of loss, even in the midst of things that hurt deeply. God's there.
0: Reaching up high With arms open wide we see You're changing our lives As Pastor Ed continues with his teaching series, he'll be encouraging us to trust the Lord with all of our circumstances, especially when it seems impossible to get through certain trials. Joseph, for example, he was thrown into a pit by his brothers and sold into slavery. He had no idea that God would take what man intended for evil and make those terrible situations turn around for his ultimate good. As we grow more and more mature in our walk with the Lord, we'll see God's faithfulness time and time again. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith.
1: Faith. They're ungrateful for what God did for them. And all of us can fall into that category, and at times we do. When we find ourselves in that category and begin to do that, we begin to lose a sense of what God has done because it's a manifestation of our self-centeredness, our self-will, the me-ism, where it's all about me. We need to purify our hearts and say, God, search me, cleanse me. Father, help me to recognize That if I have all of this static, it corrupts the filter and I can't really hear what you're saying to me in the moment. So the first thing we have to do is simply eliminate the filters that distort God's voice. And that takes time, but that's what we have to do. But then include the filters that interpret God's voice. Get a filter that will help you to interpret what God is saying. In 1 Samuel 3:10 it reads, then the Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Now remember, he's only a young boy. And Eli the high priest teaches Samuel, this is what you're to say. This is how you're to respond. We have to sometimes learn how to respond to the voice of God. So we don't become distracted. We have to learn how to listen to God's voice so that we hear what he is saying to us. And this young boy, there's a simplicity that he has. He just does what Eli says. There's a sincerity in what he does. Simplicity and sincerity, two things that go together that help us to hear and discern God's voice. Walking before him with a, sincere heart, with a childlike trust, saying, speak, Lord. I want to listen to you. I want to hear you. I want you to communicate with me that childlike simplicity. I think about the nation of Israel, how that nation had gone far from God. But when Samuel was able to hear God's voice, Suddenly, there was a megaphone in the whole nation. It says visions came back. God began to speak, and God began to communicate. See, what happened at this moment is that God began to use Samuel as his voice. When we hear the voice of God, we can better speak for God. You know, when you're not hearing God's voice, it's hard to speak for him, but when you're hearing his voice, you're able to influence and impact your family, your friends, your community, those around you. Samuel has impact on the whole nation. So he was able to follow the instruction. Here's the message translation. Listen to this verse. Psalm 46, 10. Step out of the traffic... Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. Wow. That's what we have to do. We have to get rid of the things that just ruin our discernment and the filters that keep us from hearing. We have to eliminate that, and then we have to actually embrace and take on the filters that will help us to hear God, and that's a childlike simplicity and trust, a purity of heart, and and be trained in hearing the voice of God. Then the text goes on to talk about, or I'm talking this morning about the process of discovering God's voice in our circumstance. We looked at the process of discerning. You have to be able to discern before you could even discover. I mean, sometimes God just crashes in, but many times he's walking right by us. He's speaking right to us, but we fail to hear, we fail to see. And so the process of discovering God's voice in our circumstances, in Deuteronomy 8, 2, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years. Notice the text, to humble you, to test you, in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. So life is filled with difficulties and struggles, ups and downs. And during that whole journey, our response should be, God, I want to hear what you're saying to me in the midst of this. I want to hear what you're saying to me in the midst of what I'm going through. And that ability. And how do you do that? First, practical observation. You've got to look for God. Practical observation. It says, remember how the Lord your God led you. And then in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek for me with all your heart. Start looking for God. When you get up in the morning, pray, Lord, today I want to hear you. Today I want to listen to you. Throughout the day, help me to walk with you, God. Help me to hear your voice in the midst of our circumstances. So you're at a breakfast table with some friends. Or you're in the office with some co-workers. Or you're simply driving your car and all of a sudden in a conversation and a piece of music or talk or just in s- something that happens, you suddenly sense and recognize the hand of God, the voice of God. And, and that observation is so real to you because God knows your love language Husbands and wives and family members know when dad's happy or when mom's happy or when they're upset. They know what they want just by looking at them. That body language or just the expression communicates to them. God knows your language. And so someone else, you're with a group of people and someone says something and that one sentence is lifted out of the conversation, it's like an arrow in your heart. Ah, God's saying something to me. I hear, now, no one else is aware of it, but you are aware of it. Do you know what I'm saying? See, God really communicates. He speaks, but we have to be looking. We can't bury our head in the sand like an ostrich. We can't be distracted by the busyness. And sometimes the busyness is a means of not hearing God because what he's saying we don't want to hear. And so the ability to simply observe where do I see God working, what is he doing? I want to read to you from Connecting with God, a spiritual formation guide. Listen to what the author says. When our circumstances are unfavorable, when the world seems to be set against us, we have to remember that this does not mean God is not with us working for good. God can work through all kinds of circumstances, good and bad. The most important thing is to have faith that God's hand is with us, even if we cannot feel it. Joseph had dreams. Shared it with his brothers. They became jealous. Sold him into slavery in the bottom of a pit. Do you think all of a sudden Joseph looks around and says, ah, I could see God in this? Uh, Joseph goes and is faithful to God, and he he refuses the advances of Potiphar's wife and she accuses him falsely. He's thrown into prison, and he finds himself in a prison for being faithful to God. Uh, do you think he looks around and says, ah, oh, I could see God in this? He shares a prophetic word that God gives him, and he's forgotten, left by himself. Hindsight is always much better than foresight. It's often when we look back, we understand, oh, I see God was in that. Yeah, God was in that. But if we could just by faith begin to look and say, Lord, I trust you. Help me to see. Help me to believe. Help me to know. That you're here with me. You promised you'd never leave or forsake me. You promised even in the midst of disaster, even in the midst of trial, even in the midst of loss, even in the midst of things that hurt deeply. God's there. When Joseph's brothers come to Egypt and he reveals himself to them, they're frightened. They knew they had wronged him. And Joseph alleviates their fears. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God can override, he can override the things that happen in our lives if we simply trust him. See, we have a heavenly father who knows every step of the journey we're going to take before we take our first breath he knows the journey all through our life. And so this, this trust that I don't understand, but all oh, I know that he's with me and he understands. We have to sometimes, and sometimes God does this to us. Life is like a highway and you're in a car driving it down. Picture that analogy, And you look in the rearview mirror. Now, you can't live in the rearview mirror because you'll never go forward. But sometimes things appear much larger than they are in in our minds. You remember something and it comes back to you. And often the reason for that is that God is wanting to visit you. God is wanting to speak to you. God is wanting to work in your life in some way. He tells them to remember. Now just reading the text in Isaiah 51 verses 1 to 2. Listen to me. You who pursue righteousness who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father. Uh, Abraham was in the era of Chaldeas. He had been an idol worshiper. He's telling them to remember. They didn't start off too good. They had nothing to boast about in their past, but God graciously took them. Uh, They had a painful past for sure, but God took them. He says, remember, remember, our memory was never meant to be a burden. It was meant to be a blessing when we come to Christ. When you open the door of God's grace into your memory, it can become a precious memory, a blessed memory. And that is what is happening in the life of Joseph. And it happens oftentimes when God puts something in our heart and mind. Uh, For weeks, months, I've wanted to go back to Brooklyn for one day and visit some of the places I grew up in. And, And occasionally I do something like that. And I felt compelled to go back to Brooklyn I went back, and I, um, I visited the church that I was saved in. Now, a Korean fellowship worships in that church. They're there. In that Korean church, they just started something new, an English department. And I happened to go to the English department service, 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon. There in the English department, there was a second-generation Korean uh, Young man preaching, and he was preaching about the presence of God, and he was preaching about prayer and talking about coming into the presence of God. So I listened to the sermon, it was very good. At the end of the service, I said, Could I go and just uh, kneel at the altar? So I went to the altar, it's to the right, like around here, a much smaller altar, and I knelt and I prayed. And I remember when I gave my heart to the Lord. Jesus Christ. And then I talked to the lead pastor and to this new pastor that's trying to start an English-speaking service. And I said, well, you know, when this church was started, it started off all as Italian. And they started an English-speaking service. And the English-speaking service just grew and grew and became the predominant service. And eventually, the church moved to another location. And so I tried to encourage them. I said, what you're doing, I really believe God's going to bless so then I went to the church where they had moved to, and uh, there was no service at that time. But I, I, I went, and I saw one of the deacons, and I asked if I could go in the church. And again, I went to the altar, and I prayed, and I thought about the journey, and I thought about how God changed my life. See, I had earlier gone to the school I grew up in, a, a Elementary school, Good Shepherd, and um, I had some painful memories there because when I was real young, my home had a lot of turmoil. Dad and mom fought. In fact, the police were over our homes, our home several times. My dad was abusive, an alcoholic, and I remember in first grade crying, hiding under a wooden table saying, I don't want to go to school. When first grade was finished, I had flunked. And there I uh, felt terrible about it because when the next year came around, they had lines in a small schoolyard. And I was, the first grade was the first line, second grade was the second line, the third grade was the third line. And so I was in that first line again. And the kids I went to school with, they were on the second line. That was so embarrassing. And mom and dad tried to get it together. They couldn't. And the third grade, same thing happened to me. I flunked again. And so I was in that third grade line. And the guys I started off were not only in that next line, but they were way over there. It took me a long time because they had two schoolyards. The big schoolyard were for the older kids. It took me a long time to get to that one. (laughs) But I went in a Catholic church where I had grown up and I knelt and I prayed to the Lord Jesus. And I thanked God. All that time, God was watching me. All that time, God's hand was on my life. All that time, my heavenly father saw and he would use it for good. See, because We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, and he could redeem those painful experiences in our life. We don't have to be stuck in any of those things. Memories are not to be burdens, but to be blessings. God wants to use our memories for good. Perhaps you were wronged in some way. That comes back to you. Friend, someone betrayed you. Perhaps you hurt someone and you did wrong to someone. To be able to go back and be able to say, Lord, I need your grace, or Lord, thank you for your grace or your mercy. To be able to use our memories in a way to meet God. See, The reason sometimes something stays in that rear view mirror and you remember, God's trying to teach you something. You're trying to learn something. What's God doing today in your life? What did God do yesterday? Uh, If we don't receive healing from those past memories, those memories are living inside of us, shaping our today. Because memories are living things. Either they're helping us or hindering us. And so God is the God who helps us. And he says, remember. But remember the blessings. And sometimes God has to absolutely open up your eyes so that you can see the blessings. I remember Ruth. She was broken. She had come to Christ and was serving the Lord and all of a sudden... Memories from her childhood began to come up and attack her, impact her relationship at home and her relationship with her family. Memories of being abused as a child. Pretty intense. And it began to just cripple her. And so she had come to my office and we spent some time in prayer and it was like a vision I received and I could see her as a little girl sitting at the end of her bed and then I could see Jesus come into the room and put his arm around her and healing began. And as I began to shift, she just began to weep and weep and weep, we have a God who cares about each one of us. And he'll go back with us on the journey. He has a way of redeeming the pain, utilizing every part of the journey. If we put our soul in his hands, we'll be able to sing it as well with my soul. Soren Kierkegaard said... Life must be lived forwards, but can be understood only backwards. Let me say that again. Life must be lived forwards, but can be understood only backwards. It's only as you look back. Ah, that's what God was doing. Ah, oh, I see. He hand me in. He healed me. He's going to use Joseph's. Ah, that's what God was doing. What's God doing? Let him speak. Listen. In the pain and the suffering. Sometimes we bring it on ourselves. Sometimes others bring it. But driving down life's highway, listen to what Ken Gear has to say. Help me, oh God. To understand that when objects in the rearview mirror appear larger than they are, they appear that way not to intimidate me, but to get my
0: attention. We want to encourage you to share this message with your friends and family. We know that God's Word never returns void. We've made it really simple. Visit buildinginfaithradio.com and click on today's date. Then you can share today's message to your Facebook page and Twitter feed or even download a copy to share. Again, that's all available at buildinginfaithradio.com. To learn more about Building in Faith or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through this special three-part series entitled, Can You Hear His Voice? Right here on Building in Faith. Your